0: Welcome to Anil Arana Live. Recorded live during his missions around the world, these podcasts feature audio sermons and reflections from internationally renowned preacher and retreat leader Anil Arana. For more audio podcasts, video sermons, and articles, please visit www.pagesideweb.org or www.anilarana.com.
1: Good evening. I know that I've been away for a long time, and I've been here only two times in the last couple of months, but I promise you I'm going to be here for the next four weeks in a row, and (laughs) I hope that you will be here as well four weeks in a row, and bring your friends too, so that like we once had this place packed to the end, one more time we're going to have this place packed to the end as well. We sang a song that I written last year. That was the theme of much of what I spoke about during the year. They were declarations of our rights as citizens of heaven, and we proclaimed them many, many times. I'm redeemed, I'm saved, I'm restored, I'm forgiven, I'm washed, I'm blessed. I'm pure, I'm holy, I'm cleansed, I'm healed, I'm strong, I'm victorious, and a lot of other things. But I had a question in my mind that if these are our rights as citizens of heaven, then why are we not realizing these rights in our lives? But that is not the only question I had. We pray, do we not? And very often, not only are our prayers not answered, our situation gets more difficult. We're sick and we ask God to heal us, but instead of getting better, we get sicker. We're in financial difficulties and we pray to God and instead of delivering us of our debts, our debts increase, and once again, I had the question, why? And then I had another question. The question was about God's love. That if God is love, and if he loves us so much as every preacher who's ever stood before you has told you, then how can he bear it in his heart to see us suffer the way that we do? And that is true for a lot of people here. And I'm sure these questions are in your minds too. Are they not? Now over the year God has been giving me answers but he's giving me answers, he's been giving me the answers in the manner of pieces in a puzzle. And they all seemed like all very good answers but I couldn't figure it out until last month they all clicked into place and I saw the entire picture. And I am so grateful that I can share this with you today because I truly believe that what you hear is going to change the way you look at your faith and change the way you react towards God. But for that, we need to understand who God is. Now, most of us see God as our father, do we not? Because Jesus has taught us to look at him like a father. And one day when the apostles went to him and asked him to teach them how to pray, he said, this is how you should pray. And he taught them the prayer that we know as. You know how that goes? But that is not the only way we need to look at God. We also need to look at God as a friend. And I'm going to take you to Scripture. In fact, we're going to do a lot of Scripture today. And I'm going to take you to um, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11. And I'm going to read to you from verses 5 to 8. Are you attentive? Everybody's awake, right? I can see you are. And Jesus says, don't worry about them today. Even the children will understand what you're going to say. Look at them taking notes. And he said to them, that's Jesus, said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me, the door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. Here we find God as friend. Basically, you have a friend who crashes in your house, Now you don't know what to do, so you go to another friend who is God, and you tell him, look, I have a friend who's come over to my place. I need something to serve him. And God, who is your friend, will make sure that you get what you need. Everybody with me? <clears throat> Now most of us can understand this, God as father and God as friend, but today I want to introduce you to God as judge. Now most of us understand God as judge is one day he's going to come back and he's going to judge us all and that's going to be the final judgment. But what I want us to realize that he stands as judge now in our lives And When you understand this, it is going to change everything about the way you look at God and the way you look at yourself. Are you ready? Once again, I'm going to take you to scripture. I'm going to take you to Luke chapter 18 and I'm asking you to pay attention to this. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town that kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. Okay? Say the word adversary. adversary. What is an adversary? An adversary is somebody who is your opponent, someone who is an enemy. And it comes from the Greek word anti decos. Say anti-decos. Anti-decos translates as two words. Okay, it's split into two words. The first word anti means deny and the second word decos means right. It means someone who denies us our right. What does anti-decos mean? someone who denies us our right and we have an adversary also an enemy also an accuser even though the greek for that is different who denies us our right before god and all of this will start to make a lot of sense to you in just a few minutes i promise you okay but once again say what does it mean someone who denies you your right very good okay and then i continue for some time he refused, the judge refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will, will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. What is the last word? And I want to pause one more time over here and ask you. How many times have people told you that you need to wait for God to answer your prayers in his time? And in the meantime you will suffer for weeks and months and years. What kind of a God Especially a God of love would let his children suffer like that for so long. I have that question as well. And I want you to have that question as well too. Because if God is like that, I'd be very, very wary of following him. Wouldn't you? I mean, you should be. You're being asked to put your trust. You're being asked to put your hope. You're being asked to put your faith in a God. Who sit back and watch you struggle, watch you suffer and do nothing. I have a big problem with a God like that. Fortunately we don't have a God like that as we're going to discover. But these are questions I want you to keep in mind as I keep talking today. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you he will see that they get justice and quickly. However when the Son of Man comes will he find faith on the earth? Now I don't know how many of you have been in a courtroom, I hope you never have, I have, and it's not a pleasant thing, but most of you have seen movies about courtrooms, right? And there are a few characters and a few things that are common, and I want you to visualize this because it's going to make things easier for you to understand if you see the scene. You have first the judge, okay, the most important person in the courtroom. Then you have the defendant, and in this story, and for everything I'm going to talk about today, that is you. You have a prosecutor, and in our story, he is the adversary, he is the enemy, he is the accuser. And you, however, are not on your own because you have a lawyer to defend you. He is Jesus. Now the prosecutor wants to win his case. And because he wants to win his case, he makes sure that he prepares and he prepares and he prepares that he got evidence, that he got witnesses, that he got everything he needs to make sure that you are found guilty. Correct? That is the devil's job and that is what the devil constantly does, accusing us before the father day and night. And once again, I need you to listen to scripture. Because over here, you're going to get your answers about how you're going to defend yourself for all eternity. I'm going to take you to Revelation. Okay? Now this time, don't look at your Bibles. Don't look anywhere else. Look at me. Because this is mana here. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him. That's we he's talking about now. We triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb. By the word of their testimony. And by the fact they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. His time is over, his time has come. And I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, that over here tonight, his time has come. But how? because you are going to use three weapons, powerful weapons at your disposal, and the weapons are these, the blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony, and, and not a love, love for your life. You're willing to lay it down, even to the point of death. Three things, one, the blood of the lamb, two, the word of the testimony, and three, a dislike for your life. No attachment to your life, okay? We all know about the blood of Jesus. He shed it for us, did he not? Why did he shed it for us? Because when we stood in front of the judge for the first time, the devil pointed his finger at every one of you and said, Sinner sinner, 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 sinner. Did he not? Everyone, every one of us sitting over here, every one of us in this room, he pointed a finger and said sinner. Now, recently I was giving a talk to some children and I wanted to explain the salvation story to them and I thought of something very simple that everyone could understand and I'm going to share it with you. Okay? The devil had us as his prisoner. Okay? And we were locked up in the devil's clutches for all eternity. Now Jesus loves us so much that he wanted to set us free, so he went to the devil and he said, let my people go. And the devil said, no way, it's going to cost you if you want them to go. And Jesus said, what is the cost? And the devil said, your blood, every drop of it. And Jesus said, done, and he shed Every drop of his blood to give us freedom. Everybody with me? So all of us are free and that is the first thing we need to realize what happens is the blood of Jesus speaks for us. Very often we just talk about it covering us. The blood of Jesus speaks, it Talks. And once again, every single thing that I have to tell you over here is very important. So I'm going to take you to scripture because that is the only way you can believe it. In the letter to the Hebrews, the author talks about how people used to be terrified of going to God in the old days. They used to go to the mountain and they used to be afraid when God used to open his mouth because they didn't know what that could mean. And all of them, including Moses, was terrified. It was a mountain of terror. But Jesus says, after that, the author says, after we believe in Jesus, that has changed. No longer do we have to be in terror, now we have to be filled in joy. And I'm going to read to you from Hebrews chapter 12, 22 to 24. But now you have come, that is you, have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, once again, judge of all. To the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel and speaks a better word. From now on, my brothers and my sisters, you are going to let the blood of Jesus speak to you because blood speaks and it speaks better than the blood of Abel. Why blood of Abel? Because if you remember Genesis, you will know that Cain killed Abel. do you know that? And God went to Cain and said, where is your brother Abel? And Cain says, hey, I don't know, man. Am I my brother's keeper? And God said, why have you done what you have done? The blood of your brother cries out to me from the earth." And just like his blood cried, Jesus' blood speaks. It cries out in protest, in defense. So this is the one thing you need to remember. And remember very well that when you stand accused by the devil who says sinner, you let the blood of Jesus speak for you. There is only one catch. Can anyone tell me what that catch is for this to work? Faith in what? That it does what? That it? But why would the blood work? What does the blood do? It redeems us. It saves us. It forgives us. But there is a precondition to that redemption. There is a precondition to that forgiveness. And that is repentance. If you confess your sins, 1 John 1, nine. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just. One more time, you see, this is legal language. Faithfulness is a sign of the covenant, and just is a sign of justice. God is faithful and just, and he will forgive you your sins and he will purify you of all unrighteousness. Now here is the problem, my brothers and sisters, when you stand in front of God with your petitions, with your prayers, with all these requests that you have, with all these rights that you state, the first thing the devil says is, he has not confessed. Once again, imagine you're in a courtroom and today you are in a courtroom. Because I'm speaking both for God and the devil. And the devil is saying to you, but you have not confessed your sins. You have not confessed the pornography that you watch. You have not confessed the affair that you're having. You have not confessed that you've stolen and cheated and lied. You have not confessed it. Where is the forgiveness? you need to answer that you need to answer that now yeah? because the blood of Jesus cannot talk for you it cannot speak in your defense because you are guilty and how is the judge going to do anything but refuse to listen to your cries and your pleas but let us imagine that you have confessed okay let us imagine that you have told God that you are sorry for whatever you have done But even though you've told him that you're sorry for what you've done, you still have that boyfriend or that girlfriend you're sleeping around with. You still have the pornography, gigabytes of it on your hard drive. You still have all those things that you've stolen from people in the past. You still have that with you. And the devil says, liar. His confession has no meaning because he hasn't destroyed the evidence of his sin. I came to God 15 years ago, most of you know that story. I made my first confession in 25 years and God forgave me, he just forgave me because that's the kind of God he is because I confessed and God is faithful and just. But then when I left, I heard the Holy Spirit whisper in my ear, Anil, very good what you've done. You've accepted God's forgiveness after being repented. Very good. Now, I need you to go home and I need you to destroy every sinful thing that you have stored over there. Destroy the porn you have on your computer. Destroy the bootleg CDs and videos that you've stored. Destroy all the letters and photographs you have from your girlfriends. And because I went and did that, the devil no longer could point a finger at me and say, Guilty. Because in the eyes of God, you know what? I was not guilty. Now, I can beat you on the head with this and tell you this is what you need to do. But I believe that everyone sitting over here is an intelligent person, capable of understanding what God is trying to say to you today. And honestly, let him see it not after you leave here. Let him see it in your hearts now that you are saying to God, God, I am sorry for whatever I have done. Please forgive me my sins. I accept your forgiveness with gratitude. And when I go home, Lord, I will destroy every single thing that is over there. And if you're looking for scriptural validation for this, Jesus says, if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Because it is better to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet. Then be thrown into the fire of hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better to enter life with one eye than to have both eyes and be thrown into hell fire. Confess. Not tomorrow. I'm not interested in tomorrow. You guys could die before you reach home. Tell God you're going to fix everything tonight. Tonight, when you go home, you're going to destroy everything. And like I told you last time I'm here, I gave you two weeks to get rid of that girlfriend or boyfriend that you had, to stop that affair, stop that continual sin, you got no more time left. I'm telling you, you do it tonight. You will send a message or you will call that person and you will say, whatever I was doing with you is over. Because eternity is a reality. And if you die t- tonight, you're already in that eternity. And you just might die tonight. I'm a scary guy, am I not? I'm not the scary one. Jesus is the scary one because every single thing I'm saying to you now is what he has said. Stand up. Father God, we know that you're going to give us victory over the enemy, the accuser, our adversary who prowls around like a roaring lion waiting for someone to devour, but he's not going to find anyone here tonight, Lord, because we're coming, we're standing before you in the courtroom of heaven, and we're saying to you, sorry, Lord, from the depths of our hearts, we're sorry for every single thing, big or small, that we've done to offend you. We accept your forgiveness and we ask that you wash us in the blood of your son Jesus and let that blood cry out and speak to you Lord telling you that he has seen into our hearts and sees remorse there, sees repentance there and knows that we are going to put into practice everything that we've heard here tonight and so Lord as we stand before you we stand before you knowing that we are guilty Lord we are going to be set free because of our faith in Jesus And because he bore the punishment for our sins. And because his blood right now is crying out to you, Father, forgive them. We thank you for this forgiveness, Lord. We accept it with great gratitude. We say, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, friend. Thank you, judge. Amen. Please be seated. two, what is number one? By the blood of the lamb. Number two, by the word of their testimony. And if you thought I scolded you just now, you're just going to find out what a scolding really is. I spent last year, I spent all of last year, talking to you about the words, the language that you should use as children of of God, as people who are inheritors of God's kingdom. And I said, every morning you're going to wake up and you're going to declare, I'm redeemed, I'm saved, I'm restored, I'm forgiven, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am pure, I am holy, I am blessed, I am healed in spirit and heart and mind and soul and body. I am free, I am strong, I am victorious, I am a child of the Father, I am a friend of Jesus, I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. How many of you here do that? Don't answer. Don't answer. I'll tell you what you do. You declare the opposite. You wake up every morning and you say this world is a piece of crap and you don't want to live in it. You keep looking at your financial statements and you lament about the fact you're never going to get out of it. You look at your sickness and you look at your misery and you think there is no hope. And constantly you're talking about how sick you are, how wounded you are, how bruised you are, how much you're hurting. You look at your relationships and you talk bad about your husband. You talk bad about your children. You talk bad about your wife. You talk bad about the people around you. Oh, my husband's a loser. My wife's this, that. All you're doing is declaring what the devil is accusing you of. Imagine, okay, imagine. You're standing in front of a judge in a real courtroom. You have some property. That's all right. You have some property and you petitioned the judge to give you that property. You said this is my inheritance. Now when you're standing in front of the judge instead of saying this is my inheritance, you said this is not my inheritance. What is the judge going to say? Give him the inheritance? You are openly declaring in a courtroom that that inheritance is not yours. How is the judge going to let you have that inheritance? You're standing in front of judge, who is God. And you're declaring in front of him, you're sick, that your family is ruined, that you're anything but blessed. And the devil doesn't even have to open his mouth and accuse you of anything, because it is what you're declaring. When we speak about the power of the word, we're not just telling you that these (coughs) are things you need to try to do. These are things that make the difference between life and death, sickness and health, restoration and destruction. So every morning, every time you wake up, every day, stand before the cross, wash yourself in the blood. And while Jesus is speaking to God through His blood, you speak to God the words that you've been taught to say. And you can begin now. And practice it every day of your lives because I'm telling you, if you don't declare these truths, you are going to declare the lie. And when you declare the lie, the lie is going to become the truth for you. Don't ever speak bad about your husband or your wife, don't ever speak ill of your children. Or your parents or your friends because when you speak evil of them you will make them what your words declare them to be and most of all don't speak bad about yourself because if you say that you're a loser if you say that you're a sinner if you say that you're a miserable insect unworthy specimen of the human race that is exactly what you're going to become and all the devil is going to say, "Your boy, keep at it. Keep saying it. Keep talking, man. You're doing my work for me." Are you with me? I'm redeemed. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm forgiven. I'm washed. I am cleansed. I am pure. I am holy. I am blessed. I am healed in soul, in spirit, in heart, in mind, in body. I am free. I am strong. I am totally victorious. I am a child of my father. I am a friend of Jesus. And I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's who you are. That's what you should be saying every moment of your life. Are you with me? Good. But it isn't enough just saying it. You need to prove it. And how do you prove that you believe all these things? There is only one way that you can prove you really have faith in God. And everything that he has done for you, and that is by tithing. Have you heard the word? Now whenever I start talking about tithing, people start to think I'm asking for money. Listen to me and listen to me very carefully. I'm not asking you for your money, but I am telling you, make sure you give the first fruit of your money to God. Because otherwise everything that you profess and everything that you confess has no meaning whatsoever because you are saying, God, I acknowledge that you're master of everything but I don't fully acknowledge that because you know what? I need my money to keep with me because if I don't keep it with me, then I don't know what is gonna happen to my future. I don't know what is gonna happen to my family. I don't know what is gonna happen. And most of you still don't tithe, even though I've spoken about this before. And you know what happens? There you have the accuser again. And you know what he says? You have given these people everything. You have given them forgiveness. You have given them your blood. You have washed them in it. You have given them freedom. You have given them all these things that they have just declared. But you know what? They don't really trust you because they will still not give you money. And why money? Because of all the things that we have in our possession, there is no barometer that is an indication of the human heart as much as money is. And think about it, it's very easy to give everything, but when it comes to money, oh boy, you know that fist becomes such a tight fist in your pocket, you don't wanna let go of a little bit even. And the devil points his finger and says, where is your witness? Where is your testimony? These people just talk about having faith in you. They really don't have anything. Not me. None of what I'm saying to you is me. Every single word is God. But now here's the thing. Even when you tithe, the devil points a finger at you. Even when you tithe, The devil points a finger at you. And this time I'm going to take you to scripture. And I want to tell you what happens. How he points a finger at you. I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 5 verses 23 to 26. Are you getting bored? No, you can't. You must have heard this many times before. But I bet you've never heard it Explain in this context. Therefore, if you are offering, you're writing it down, Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 to 26. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. And then he says settle matters quickly with your adversary. There you have the adversary word again who's taking you to court, do it while you're still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. What is a tithe? A tithe is a gift to God. A tithe tells God, The reason I'm giving you this gift is not because you need my money. The reason I'm giving you this gift is because I acknowledge that everything I have comes from you. And I want to say thank you for what you're giving me. That is the gift. So you take the gift and you give it to the altar. You give it to God. But there you have the enemy pointing his finger again and says, you can't accept that gift Because he might have acknowledged that you have given him financial blessings, but he hasn't acknowledged the debt that he owes you for being forgiven. He tells the judge, Jesus shed every drop of his blood to forgive them, but him, he will not forgive the people the little things that they have against him. And I've spoken about forgiveness till my face has turned blue, and still I know there are people sitting over here listening to me who have unforgiveness in their hearts. What is wrong with you? You're standing in a court asking God for things, and He says, "I can't give you anything." Why are your prayers not answered? Because God is stupid, because he's unforgiving, because he's cruel, because he's wicked. He cannot do anything because you have an accuser pointing his finger at you and saying, you cannot bless them because they don't understand that they have been blessed. So here once again, tonight, tonight, no more tomorrow, no more tomorrow. Imagine you're going to die tomorrow. No more tomorrow. I'm, I'm sick and tired of waiting for people to change. Tonight, you'll make your peace with everyone in your life. With your father, with your mother, with your brothers, your sisters, your uncles, your aunts, your nephews, your nieces, your cousins, your spouses, your children, your in-laws, your friends, your neighbors, your pastors, your preachers, your bishops. With me, if I've hurt you. And my God, I'm tired of people telling me how much I've hurt them. For enough. Get real. You go around with a little bruise like, look what Anil did to me. Or look what this one did to me. Grow up. Seriously grow up. Grow up and understand that your forgiveness against somebody is not going to hurt anybody except you. And God wants to bless you tonight. He wants to give you victory over the enemy. And he wants you to leave this place with the verdict not guilty. He cannot do that if you have unforgiveness in your heart. So once again... I'm not going to beat you on the head and tell you what you need to do. You need to do it. So all I'm going to ask you to do is to stand up and join me in another prayer. Father God, we want to thank you again for this day. We want to thank you for this time. And even though every word is piercing our hearts, like we're being struck with a bludgeon, Lord, we understand that it's for our best interest that you want to see us Not only blessed in heaven when we are there with you forever, but blessed here on earth. And this is how we realize we're going to be blessed by believing every word that you say and and professing the same word, by speaking this word out in confidence and boldness, even though we may not be able to see results immediately. But let us not only talk about these things, let us put them into practice. Let us acknowledge you as the giver of everything, as the provider of everything by giving you the first fruit of what you have given us. Let us offer it to you as a gift, but let it be a gift that is worthy to you, Lord. And just like your word says, As we offer you this gift, we want to make our peace with everybody around us. And so right now, at this moment in time, it doesn't matter how much pain someone has caused us. It doesn't matter how often they've caused us this pain. We forgive them. We forgive them, Lord. We forgive them now and forever completely, Lord. And we want to thank you once again for blessing us, blessing us here. Today, tonight, now, amen. Please be seated. See how easy it is. See how easy it is. It's not hard at all. And now we come to the third thing. And I'm not going to take too long on this because we're kind of running out of time. But the third thing is not to make your life be important. We used to belong to the devil. We used to be his slaves. We used to have to listen to everything that he asked us to do. And we lived according to his rules because we didn't know better. He made us dance around his little finger. That wasn't my little finger. Around his little finger. He used to treat us like garbage and cause us only pain and harm and trouble and torture but we accepted it because we didn't know better but now we're in a place where we're citizens of heaven children of God who has given us rights that are simply amazing and only a total idiot I am saying this to your faces only a total idiot who say he prefers the garbage in the world to the wonderful treasure that is available over here in heaven but yet Do you like to listen to God or do you like to listen to the devil? Greed, greed, greed. It doesn't matter how much you have. You want more and more and more and more. Lust. He's given most of you sitting here spouses who presumably love you. But even if they didn't, you keep looking and looking and looking. It are other women and other men seeking them, desiring them, wanting them. And even times when you know you cannot have them because they're just images on the screen, you will continue to look and look and look. You would cheat and you would steal things that don't belong to you. You wanna watch movies and you can't be bothered to go to a cinema, so you'll sit on your computer and you will download them from some pirate software site. And you will watch them not even comprehending the evil of what you're doing. You will lust after power, you will lust after money, you will lust after fame. Even at the expense of trampling down your friends, your brothers, your sisters. And what does the devil say? He doesn't even bother not saying anything because he's too busy laughing at you. And he goes on saying, you go on talking about your God and whatever you want to do. In the end, you know the truth, you belong to me. You go on and stand in front of the judge and you go on blabbing about how much you love him and you pray and you pray and you pray persistently like his word teaches you to pray. He's not gonna pay any attention to you. You know what? Because you still live here. And you know why our prayers, instead of being answered, only worsen our situation is because prayer is a battlefield. But where are we fighting the battle? Not in heaven. We're fighting the battle on his ground. It is like being in a jail cell, a jail that has just given you freedom. Going back to jail, Find the warden who controls everybody in the jail and starting a fight with him over that. What's he going to do to you? He's going to beat you in the pulp. And that is what he's doing to most of you. Your prayers aren't being answered. Your situation is getting worse because you're not fighting with the devil on God's ground. And all you need to do to make your prayers answered quickly, not tomorrow, not next month, not next year. Not in this ridiculous thing that people say in God's time. Of course there is a meaning to that but most of the time we say it because we don't know what else to say. We go to a preacher, we go to a pastor and we say, God's not answering my prayer and he doesn't know what to say to you. So he says, you have to wait for God's time. God's time is now. And he wants to answer your prayers but he can't answer your prayers because there is a legal case against you. And unless you get a verdict from God saying not guilty You're doomed to struggle for the rest of your lives. And is this what you want? You have not come from my meeting to struggle. You have not come to listen to the word of God from me. In order to continue to live a miserable life. You are here because God wants you liberated. I want you liberated. I want you happy. I want you blessed. And I'm telling you this is how you do it. I told you last time. I've told you many times before. I don't live a perfect life. Many, many times I fall short of the things I want to do but God looks into my heart and the one thing I know he sees over there is a man who tries and tries and never stops trying and I'm telling you if he sees that in your heart tonight that is enough for him he will give you a verdict of not guilty and he will answer your prayers I promise you I promise you so that's where we are And once again, I'm just going to make a final prayer on all our behalf and then I'll conclude and we can go home. Let's all stand. (laughs) Father God, we've heard your word again and we know the truth of what you've said. Even though we should be in heaven, we're still dancing with the devil. We're playing games with him and we're playing games with you, Lord. We come to you when it's convenient. We come to you when we need you, but half the time we're there doing whatever the devil asks us to do. We chase after fame, we chase after fortune, we chase after power, we chase after glory. We chase after all these things in the world. We lust, we're greedy, we're we're so filled with evil, Lord. But that ends here tonight. And we say to you, Lord, we're going to die to all of that. And we're going to live here. Live lives that are free, live lives that are whole, live lives that are holy. And we're going to be blessed for it, Lord. We're going to be blessed for all time and we want to thank you for the amazing things that you have in store for every single one of us and everyone we love, Lord. Because you're going to answer prayers and you're going to answer them so fast. We'll be so surprised, Lord. And we want to thank you for every one of those prayers that you are going to answer. Amen. Please be seated. Final words. Choir. Do not merely be a hearer of the word, be a doer. The words you heard tonight might have seemed harsh, but they're words of life, and I hope you've recognized them to be words of life. They've answered a lot of questions that I have had, and I'm sure they've answered a lot of questions that you've had. Now, clever people do something with answers that they receive they start to put them into practice in their lives. Foolish people, don't pay attention. I'm not gonna tell you what you need to do to change because you should know that, and if you don't know that, then nothing I tell you further is gonna help. But I had a very strong sense when I was talking to you today that God's spirit was here because I'm telling you, after a long, long time I felt power like I have felt as I've been speaking. And I know that power comes from only one place. And if that power is moving through God, it is moving into you. And if I can talk, you can listen. And if you can listen, you can understand all by that same power. And if you can understand, you can obey by that same power. And I believe that is truly what he's done over here tonight. To end. End everything that is evil that you've been doing. It might take time to let it come to completion, but begin it now. And say, Lord, it doesn't matter what I did before I walked in here. I'm going to change when I walk out here. And just see. I still remember 15 years ago, such a bad person, such a bad man. And slowly and steadily God changed me and turned me into this. Still not perfect man, but a man who's come such a long way. And I know that he's going to continue to work in me. And he's going to continue to work in you. But the faster you listen, the faster he's going to work, the faster he's going to bless. So let's be blessed here tonight and every moment of our lives. Think of your children. Their lives will be changed because he will listen to your prayers for them. Think of your spouses. They will change because God will listen to your prayers for them. Your friends will change because God will listen to your prayers for them. Press for healing, press for deliverance, press for financial blessings, press for so many things that we seek for ourselves and those we love. And I want us to do that. So let us leave the courtroom of heaven today. Truly getting everything God wants to give. Now I wanted to sing I am Redeemed, but we're not going to take that song. We're going to sing a song of worship. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. Because I want us to feel the glory of God tonight. So for a few minutes, I just want you to lose yourself. Forget about everything that I've said. Just stand with God and listen to what he has to say to you. Stand up.
0: God to make your presence known the
1: glory God. God Let the weight of your glory cover us Your glory, let the weight of your glory,
0: let the weight of your glory, let the weight of your glory fall. fall.
1: of all sins, of all crime, of all guilt. The word of the testimony speaks to the judge or God saying, I believe that in Christ I'm redeemed, I'm saved, I'm restored, I'm forgiven, I'm blessed, I'm washed, I'm pure, I'm holy. I declare here now and Presence of my brothers and sisters, and the thousands of angels have gathered along with us to God the judge. That I am blessed and I am healed in soul and spirit, and heart and mind and body. I testify that I am strong, that I am victorious, I am confident, I am courageous, and I testify that I am a child of God my Father. I'm a friend of Jesus, my Savior. And my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who will flow in us, becoming a spring of eternal life. And finally, Lord, I say, Judge, I die to myself, and I will continue to die daily as I continue to live in your kingdom, a life of abundance, just as you promised. And God our Father, God our friend, and God the judge says, verdict, not guilty. You are free to go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, you, Spirit. Thank you, Spirit. Love you, Father. Love you, Father. Love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Love you, Spirit. Love you, Spirit. Praise you, Father. Praise, your Father. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this coverage. We hope it has blessed you. For more great content. Visit our website www.hsiweb.org and kindly consider supporting the work we do. God bless you.